My six-year-old likes to plant random things in random places. So sometimes we'll be walking by just like a patch of dirt in our yard, and she'll look closely and she'll say, well, the pepper isn't growing yet, or we'll have an apple tree here one day. She has such faith that while she is daydreaming and eating her peppers or apples, and then she puts the seed in the ground, probably just just right underneath the dirt, that it will grow. Most of us know that if we put an avocado pit in the ground, we will not eat guacamole next year and not ever. (laughs) But to kids, it's just that simple. Put a seed and eat what grows. Our epistle reminds us that what we see growing in our communities, in our churches, in our families, and even in our own hearts can be traced back to something we planted. This truth provides a beautiful lens for us to view the Old Testament and Gospel texts of the day. The Old Testament passage was from Isaiah. It was to the folk who had been scattered far and wide and were finally, after generations, making their way back to their ancestral home. They had suffered greatly. They didn't belong anywhere they ended up, and they didn't really even belong in their home that they had been away from for so long. So this message, it was meant to encourage them. A seed planted into the longing of their hearts. The language of the mother caring for them and nourishing them and shielding them from harm was meant to assure them that they were coming home regardless of how foreign it felt, that they were taken care of. Most of us know that a baby left on their own is not going to do well. They need that caretaking. So God encouraged them, rely on me. I will care for you. My siblings and I, according to Ancestry.com, are 80% Scandinavian. So our great-grandparents traveled to the promised land of North Dakota and then Seattle for a better life for our family. My brother is right now in Norway with his wife and kids and has visited the town that our grandparents came from, where we still have distant cousins. They showed up at the Lutheran church that my great-grandfather was baptized in the day after the church's cleanup day. They felt kind of bad that they weren't able to go and help clean up. But my brother said that he, people keep trying to speak to him in Norwegian, a byproduct of being a native son generations from home. I imagine it was as discombobulating for the people in our Isaiah text to travel home after generations away, but even more scary Because they weren't just going for a holiday and then heading back to Texas. No. They needed to build a home there again. Not knowing if the local folk would accept them back, recognize them as belonging, reliant on the hospitality of a place and people that had become strange. But their grandparents had planted seeds of hope into their children and grandchildren through stories of home. Seeds that reminded these people who had become refugees that someday they might return to that place. 
The language of Zion, his mother, who nurses and protects her young, provides powerful imagery of belonging to the folk who traveled back there, so afraid of what they might find. Refugees and strangers. And they were welcomed. Welcomed with hospitality from those who stayed. Nourished by that holiness and given a home so that they, in turn, could welcome others. They they sat at the banquet of hospitality and ate what had been planted long, long ago in hope and in grace. In our gospel, Jesus sent out his followers with nothing. Don't take sandals. Don't take an extra pair of clothes. I mean, this is. Ter- I mean, that sounds like a terrible trip to me. I like to be. I like to plan. I like to be prepared. But they were not to be prepared. And Jesus did not say, uh, "Go out and start some churches." Okay. No, he never said that. He told them to go out and meet folk and receive whatever holy hospitality they offer back. And I love how he says. And offer them peace. And if they don't receive it, the peace will rest back on you. To me, that is not, that is not a contentious thing. When we offer peace and hospitality and love to others and they don't accept it, it's really easy to be like, oh, hey, I was trying to help you. I'm just being kind here. I'm being a good Christian. But instead to let that peace envelop us again and just trust God... That God's got that? It's incredible. So, he said, go out. Don't take anything with you. Don't take your snacks. Don't take your extra sandals. Eat their food. Listen to their music. Watch what they are currently binge-watching on Netflix. Watch their shows. Listen to their stories. And bring the kingdom wherever you go. Remind people the kingdom of God has come near because I have implanted it in your hearts. When you welcome the strangeness of others, you are the kingdom of God. Jesus warned his followers that there would be some who rejected them, and that's okay. Just let that peace come on right back to you. Don't get angry, let it go. Dust dust it all off your feet so you don't take even one bit of it with you. Let go of your control of outcomes and people and trust that God's got this. That everything and everyone belongs to God. That is not ours to control the future. That is not ours to orchestrate it. It is ours simply to love and bring the kingdom of God near to whoever we come in contact with. To be set free in God's grace. And when we are free, we are truly free to be rooted and planted in God. Allowing the Spirit to bring forth good fruit. So that generations later, the people of the community, and Michelle told us downstairs when we were down there, the entire community, Christian and Muslim and Orthodox alike, everybody, believers in, in, in Jesus and Allah, everyone comes together in that same community and grinds their flour at the same place 
and eats bread and supports one another. You know, we as Christians don't exhaust our faith here at 134 East Victoria Avenue. We are blessed by this time that we get to come together and listen to the scriptures and pass the peace and commune at the table that is open to all. But our faith isn't lived out here. This is a space that is meant to nourish us so that our faith can be lived wherever we go. On our errands, at work, at school, at the Lager Rodeo Parade, in line at the grocery store, everywhere we go, the kingdom of God has come near. Today, we welcomed new members into our church. We have had the opportunity to show them hospitality, and they, in turn, will do the same for us. There will be times when we have been laid low, and they will lift us up. There will be times when we rejoice, and we will be able to high-five in the goodness of God. And they came here without the heritage that some have at BLC. Some of you, your great-grandparents, laid bricks upon another. But these folk have come in the hope of a home, in the hope of a place from which to practice the holy hospitality of God. And their gifts will change us, their perspectives will challenge us, their connections will build bridges for us. The kingdom of God has come near. I think that it would be easy for us to sit here this morning and say, oh my goodness, isn't that a wonderful day? Look at the Burlington Lutheran Church is still providing bread for people in Ethiopia from an offering we took over 25 years ago, and we just welcomed new members into our congregation. We're just great. And we are. You know, I think so. But we cannot sit and congratulate ourselves and our growth and success and just do that. If we do, there will never be another harvest again. Instead, we are emboldened. We are enlivened. We are inspired to be sent out again with nothing except the kingdom, to eat what we are served, to listen to stories, to plant seeds of hope along the way. An apple tree will grow here one day. People are desperate for it. People are desperate for connection with one another. People are so lonely. There are so many opportunities to connect in the social media and all these other things, but folk are lonely, lonelier today than they ever have been before. And they're desperate for hope. We can be sent out in holy hospitality to provide God's love to those who need it. And in the meantime, if our hearts are the ones that are lonely, if our hearts are the ones that are hopeless, God will fill us because the kingdom of God has been implanted in us through the love of the resurrected Christ. Our hope is in the God of the resurrection that smiles at death as another opportunity to display new life. 
The kingdom will be like a mother who draws us in and then encourages us to teeter forth and practice courage in love and joy. The kingdom will be like the abolishment of the laws and rules and regulations of insider-outsider language. The kingdom will be like sitting down to a meal in a strange place with people who do not, we do not know and watching as community is built. The kingdom will be like welcoming new folk into our midst and allowing them to lead us and show us new possibilities for the future that we share. The kingdom has come near like a mother's arms, like a seed grown of hope, like a bumper harvest free for the taking, like lambs walking safely in the midst of wolves, like the victory of the cross of Christ. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, Will You Let Me Be Your